A chance at revenge for the Hoosiers on Wednesday. Can they get it done up at Northwestern? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Wednesday edition of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob. Want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Want to thank FanDuel for being the sponsor of today's episode. They are the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. The Hoosiers have a good thing going right now. They have won three straight. They've won eight of their last nine. It's not getting any easier, though. As they head into Northwestern tonight on Wednesday to take on a Wildcats team fresh off a win against the number one team in the country, Purdue. It's going to be a late one tonight. Get your coffee again. We got a good old 9 p.m. tip-off. IU versus Northwestern, 9 p.m. at the Welsh Ryan Arena. It will be on Big Ten Network. Uh, We'll probably miss the start of it because the 7 o'clock game will run long, as it always does. But, alas, it'll be on Big Ten Network. A chance at revenge, as I said. This Northwestern loss was... I was going to say the most frustrating of kind of the stretch of them. That Penn State game and the way they played was the most frustrating. The most surprising, maybe? I don't know. The Northwestern game was a really weird one last time around when they played. Northwestern was not expected to be very good. I mean, they hadn't been very good, relatively speaking, coming into that game. And they just took it to Indiana. IU was never really in that game. It was a very flattering scoreline. 80-43. They try to come back in the final minute, minute 30 or so. That made it look close. Trey Galloway threw in a half-court shot to make it look really close. It was not that close. That was, I think, if nothing else, when we realized how much uh, trouble Indiana was in at that time. But that's also a good point to look back on and see how far IU has come. Because the effort was not there in that game for 48 minutes, 48 minutes and 30 seconds. The effort is routinely there for the Hoosiers now. Since that game, obviously we know IU has wildly turned things around, drastically turned things around. For Northwestern, mixed bag. They lost their next two games after that to Rutgers and to Michigan. Technically coming into this game, They've won six of their last eight games. However, four of those wins are against Wisconsin, or excuse me, five of those wins even are against Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Ohio State. There's a strong argument that those are the four worst teams in the Big Ten this season. Penn State, the only other team that could kind of be included in that bunch. And Penn State, last I saw, was... uh, running Illinois out of the gym uh, earlier on Tuesday night. So there's a good chance those are the worst teams in the Big Ten this season. So they won the games they were supposed to. They also lost to the only two kind of 
two of the only real teams they played in that stretch. Iowa beat them by 16. Michigan beat them by 17. Now, having said all that, you can't just like write off that they beat Purdue. They beat Purdue. Like, that's what that team's capable of. IU fans saw it firsthand that they can kind of bring it to you and give you a run for your money as they did against the Hoosiers in Assembly Hall and picked up that win. This is a decent Northwestern team that's kind of playing for its tournament lives. We saw that against uh, Michigan. A win against Purdue and a win against Indiana is going to go would go really far in their tournament resume. So this is going to be a motivated team. The hope is there's a bit of an emotional hangover and they aren't able to kind of reconjure that spirit, that uh, atmosphere, two games in a row. IU has been has seen firsthand how you can have those hangovers after a big win. That was something they've had to learn to get over themselves. So it's not easy to avoid those types of environments or the, not environments, those types of just hangovers, responses. It's natural. So the hope is that's the type of response Northwestern has to this game. Largely speaking, this is an average Northwestern team. They're 18 and 7, 9 and 5 on the year, but they've had a very generous schedule. The 10th easiest strength of schedule so far. They still have a lot. They have IU. They have Iowa, Illinois, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State. They still have uh, a lot of talent on their schedule left. So I don't want to say they beefed up their schedule against uh, easier teams because, again, you can't just overlook that they beat. They beat Purdue. They beat IU. They beat Illinois. It's the consistency that they're lacking Uh, throughout I think so it's going to be a tough test for the Hoosiers but one I think that they could handle I mean after seeing what they did against Michigan I think Indiana is up to the task against anybody but it's going to be tight if you look at Ken Palm this is a favorite as a one point win for Northwestern but a 51% win probability if you look at our sponsors at FanDuel it is a pick them half point IU underdog, so a pick'em. Uh that that tells you how tough this game's gonna be. It's a quad one game. The Hoosiers are five and six in quad one games. This is a quad one game. Uh Northwestern, I believe, was I, I closed it out, but I believe they were forty sixth in net. So this is a tough game for Indiana. Both Indiana's games this week, I believe, fall under quad one status so the Hoosiers can beef up their own resume with this one it's going to be interesting to see the Hoosiers I mean you think back to last year and the game at Northwestern I hope everybody is having it or everybody enjoyed a nice quiet night in their hotel room doing absolutely nothing else so that we're not playing with seven people again in this contest so it's going to be a tough game but this is a Hoosier team that has really bounced back and impressed in how they've handled opponents in this kind of current winning run. Let's do a deeper look at this uh, Northwestern team, both as a team and individually. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsor, FanDuel. 
The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. You guys know how much we love FanDuel. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet uh, You can bet on everything, whether it's your money line, whether it's your point spread. That's basically identical for the IU game. Uh, but you can do player props. Whatever it is, FanDuel has you covered. If you think Trace is in line for a big game, that's a safe bet. But you can bet on just how big of a game it's going to be for him over at FanDuel. Plus, it even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game, same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big shout out to you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Make sure you head over to Locked On College Basketball. Give them a listen today as well. Uh, They have all the experts, the insiders, coaches, players, Everything you guys need to know for college basketball. Available on YouTube, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Let's take a look at these Wildcats, what they've been about in conference play this season. I promise this time I actually have the right screen up. For those watching on uh, YouTube, you'll see the uh, Ken Palm. And what it looks like for Northwestern. Zoom in a little bit here and give you an idea of what this Northwestern team looks like. They have been pretty much average on both sides of the ball. They're sixth in the Big Ten in offensive efficiency, ninth in defensive efficiency. Uh, They're not a particularly fast-paced team. If you look at their offense, they're ninth in effective field goal percentage. What they excel at is not turning the ball over. Uh, They also get to the line at the highest rate in the Big Ten. For an IU team that struggles with foul trouble, uh, that could be an issue. So do not put them on the line. They're also the fifth best shooting free throw shooting team in the Big Ten. So that could be an issue as well. They're ninth in offensive rebound percentage. So not a particularly tall team. Uh, They're 11th in three-point percentage, so not a team that's going to score a lot from distance against you. Uh, Eighth in two-point percentage. Where they excel, where their efficiency rating is so high, is simply based on how infrequently they turn the ball over and how well they shoot free throws. If you keep them off the line and maybe create a few turnovers, you're going to have some success against this Northwestern team. Defensively, this is not a good team. They are ninth overall, but they're 11th in effective field goal percentage, dead last in allowing offensive rebounds, 13th in free throws per field goal attempt. So they're putting people on the line a lot. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis might be shooting a lot of free throws in this one. Second in turnover percentage, though, the Hoosiers have struggled turning the ball over in Big Ten play. This is a team that can take advantage of that. That's second in steal percentage as well, so getting out on the fast break and scoring is something that Northwestern 
can take advantage of with this IU team. But again, if you look at kind of individual stuff, 10th in defending the three, 11th in defending the two, free throw defense isn't a thing that just, they, they get a lot of luck at the free throw line. Uh, but fourth and block percentage is interesting. Ultimately, this is a pretty favorable matchup for Trace Jackson Davis and the Hoosiers offensively. It's just going to be whether they can bring that effort defensively and not foul and maybe force some turnovers, but finish out possessions as well. Getting those rebounds and not allowing second, third, fourth opportunities with Northwestern. So if you want to take, or if we uh, take a look at more of the individual stats on this one, Boo Booey is the guy for the Wildcats. You guys probably remember that name. He had a big game against the Hoosiers in Assembly Hall 16.6 points, uh, 4.4 assists, shooting 39% from the field, 29% from three. So in no means is he efficient, but he's a high volume scorer. Following him, Chase Adige, Adige, uh, 15.1 points. Again, not an efficient score. 38% from the field, 33% from three. So this isn't a team that has any sort of efficiency attached to it. If you can play solid defense and don't foul, that's, I'm going to keep reiterating that, and that's been a problem for Indiana, so I don't know that it's going to be something that just miraculously changes uh, or tonight against Northwestern, but they're going to take full advantage of that if it does. If you don't foul and finish out possessions, that's your kind of game plan or, or how you win this game, but that's easier said than done. They attempt the fourth most three-pointers in the Big Ten during conference play, but they're just sixth in three-point three-pointers made, and they're 11th in a three-point percentage. So they might hoist a lot. They don't typically make a lot. That being said, they do... um, When you're playing at home, role players tend to play better, so just don't give them those open looks. But again, they're first in free throws attempted per game, second in free throws made. So they get to the line a lot. Bowie and... uh, I'm go- I keep pronouncing his name wrong. I'm pretty sure uh, Adige, Chase Adige uh, are two of the most prolific free throw shooters. They drive to the rim. They draw the fouls. It could be a long night in that regard. It's very simple as saying don't foul and don't put them on the line, but that's been a problem for Indiana all year, and that's what those two do well. So I drink a lot of coffee because there's going to be a lot of free throws. I think Trace is going to be on the line a lot. I think those two will probably be on the line a lot. And we might be done around midnight tonight. So hope you guys are ready for the long haul in this one. We'll be live after the game. Make sure you guys are uh, following on Twitter, subscribed, all of that stuff. So we can react hopefully to another win, but maybe a frustrating loss after this one. Let's take a look at updated bracketology and bear with me. We're going to talk IU football in February very briefly, but we'll talk a little bit about uh, some projections for next season on the gridiron. We'll do all that here in just a moment. Let's do some bracketology. Start on the men's side where the Indiana Hoosiers are up to a four seed uh, in the latest ESPN bracketology. I know there's a lot of places that 
have bracketology, maybe some that are better than Joe Lenardi. Um, there's so many places. I've seen IU as high as a three seed in bracketology. No matter who I use, there would be people saying use someone else. So I just default to Lenardi. If it, when it gets closer, we might look at some more brackets and try to take more of an aggregate approach. But this gives us a sense as we check in kind of weekly on this. IU is a four seed in the uh, Louisville Regional, which would be, yes, sign me up 100%. No matter who you put there, IU is going to be the home team. You put you play in Louisville and the Hoosiers get to the Sweet 16, boy, oh, boy, that is a home game for Indiana. So absolutely sign me up for that one. I can put this up on the screen again for those watching on YouTube. Uh, that I 100%, 110% sign me up for that. Hoosiers would play VCU. A rematch. Hopefully we don't need Will Sheehy to make a baseline jumper to win that one. And then Creighton against Liberty with the Hoosiers playing the winner of that one. Again, you can say Alabama's the one seed here, and Alabama's a very good team. I like that matchup a lot for Indiana, and I cannot emphasize enough. If Indiana is in Louisville, that will be that is the best case scenario. They can be the four seed. You can have Marquette in this. You can have Baylor in this. That is going to be overwhelmingly IU fans. So that has me very excited. Just the possibility of being in Louisville. If you're rooting for anything, because there aren't any other close regionals, you can look at all these uh, titles and whatnot. There's nowhere that is close. Louisville is as close as it gets. So if IU fans want to go somewhere, Going for a weekend to Louisville to root on the Hoosiers, they're signing up for that. But again, we took a look at the bracket a little bit. Alabama is the one seed. As far as one seeds go, I, I that is fine. I would take that. That's probably the weakest of the one seeds, or maybe the one that IU matches up best with. Kansas and Houston, no thank you on either of those, and they're not going to put us with Purdue yet. So Alabama would be kind of the preferred option out of those four to me. Uh, then you can take a look. Uh, Iowa's in this uh, bracket. Marquette, the Tom Crean Classic, if we get to the – we wouldn't see them till the Elite Eight. Uh, Northwestern in this bracket. So you see we're facing a tournament team right now and one that seems to be pretty comfortably in. Baylor as the two seed in this. So I think this is a very favorable bracket. If uh, all things considered – if IU has to be a four seed, give me this bracket, and I really, really like IU's chances of getting out of it. So, most importantly, I cannot reiterate enough, put us in Louisville. I beg. That would be amazing. Let's look on the women's side. Uh, share that screen as well. The Hoosiers continue to be the number two overall seed, and that feels pretty damn close to being locked in. South Carolina is going to be the number one overall seed. This is the number two overall seed. That is the Hoosiers. Jackson State and Southeast Louisiana, fine, whatever. Uh, you, I. It really doesn't matter, first round matchup. USC is a frisky team. I think they beat Stanford earlier this season. Uh, then you get Ole Miss. But again, I use at a point where these games should not matter 
nearly as much as they may have mattered in recent years. You should be heavy favorites against this. And most importantly, you're playing it in Bloomington. So uh, I'd be comfortable with anything in that. You can look at the rest of the bracket. Colorado, Iowa State, interesting matchups. Iowa State, I believe, beat Iowa. Actually, I think Iowa won, but it was a very close game. So that gives you a little bit of a sense there. Louisville, uh, Maryland as a three seed, as a potentially lead eight matchup. I Yeah, that would be fine. Indiana is very familiar with them and I think matches up well with them. Tennessee, a familiar name. Duke as a two seed. I like that bracket. I think Indiana matches up well with everyone. A lot of teams that the Hoosiers have already beaten or played against or are familiar with. So, I mean, we've seen them. They've beat, they beat Tennessee at Tennessee. They beat Maryland. Uh, I'm fine with them up against Duke. Duke's been a little bit up and down, though they found their form of late. All things considered, that is fine. If you look at the other two seeds, they're not, I was probably not going to be in their region, and I don't know that I want that. LSU worries me a little bit because Angel Reese is just so damn good. Uh, Utah I would be fine with, but IU is so good at this point that I feel comfortable no matter who they're going up against kind of in their bracket, for better or for worse. But IU, I was asked the question, what is kind of the – the realistic expectation for this women's team. I, I don't think you can reasonably say a final four. You can't say like final four wasn't a successful season at the same time. It's going to feel like you let one get away. If this IU team does not make a final four. So that's kind of where we're at right now. This is elite eight. I think is a bare minimum. And from there, it's a little matchup dependent, but I, ooh, I, I don't know that IU's ever going to have a better shot to make their first Final Four. This is a really damn good team. So I don't want to say like Final Four or bust or anything, but we're kind of nearing the point where like make the Final Four feels like maybe not the expectation or the minimum, but kind of meeting this team is very talented. This team has the talent to be a final four team. So I guess maybe that's what I'm saying. This team is talented enough to be in the final four. If they don't make it again, it'll feel like one got away from them there. A little bit of football. We'll just mix it in a little bit over at SP plus, which we talk about all the time. They release their updated, uh, or their projections for SP plus for the upcoming season. So what do the Hoosiers project at big shout out to punt John punt, any IU football fans? I am sure you follow them. If not, there you go. hundred percent. Go follow them. They are terrific for IU football. Uh, but if you take a look at the SP plus projections, you will see I use most likely record is an even split between 4 and 8 and 5 and 7. I think I would take that. Uh if you told me that there's a that's 56% chance at going 4 and 8 or 5 or 7. I 4 and 8 might feel yeah, I think 4 and 8 probably isn't good enough. 5 and 7 I would take. This is uh also roughly a 25%, a little less than 25% chance 
to go to a bowl game, <laughs> it's hard to even, like, it, you have to win every non-Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan game that it's it's hard to, you have no margin for error when it comes to bowl games on this side. IU is going to be favored in three games against Indiana State, Akron, Rutgers, a slight underdog against Michigan State right now. Um, but this gives you a, an early look at what IU could be. It's We'll talk a lot more about it once the summer and fall rolls around. There's still a lot of time to talk about IU football. You can take a look at SP Plus and the uh, projections themselves, but the Hoosiers are coming in at number 64 in SP Plus to give you a sense of kind of where that ranks. Rutgers is 83rd, so IU should be a clear favorite. Purdue is 49th. Uh, as the next closest team to Indiana, Illinois 44th, Maryland's 41st. So all teams kind of in that same grouping projecting for Indiana requires a lot of development and big leaps in production from Taven, from Jalen, from Donovan McCauley, from, uh, some expecting some unexpected contributions, from a number of people as well, uh, some of the transfers. So uh, it's going to be tough to kind of project this team right now without seeing them on the field. And lucky us, they get to play Ohio State in their very first game. I hate that with a passion, not just being a conference game, but playing Ohio State. I guess the positive side is you get that loss out of the way early and it's not in the middle of some gauntlet of a schedule, but that Louisville game is frustrating because you would really hope that you schedule a non-conference team that you can beat. Uh, it's going to be at Lucas Oil, which is interesting. But again, there's no margin for error when you're in the Big Ten East. You have to win every non-conference game, and then you have to win the Maryland, the Rutgers, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois you'll get again, Purdue, like there, there's little margin for error with the Big Ten East. So we're not going to get doom and gloom about the Big Ten East in the middle of February. I almost let myself get frustrated by it. This is basketball season. What the hell am I doing? No more football talk until, uh, I don't know, well after the season. It's very funny. Here's your quick aside. Doing all the meetings with the locked on college or college team, they're all kind of in, I don't want to say like, panic mode but for a lot of them this is the very down time of the year because this they are college football podcasts and this is that lull between the season being over and the start of spring practice and they're talking about like starving for content ideas that's why we're a basketball school we we love this time of year this is this is the best damn time of the year right in the heart of basketball season iu is rolling both the men's and women's team I don't know. Just like basketball more. That, that's my suggestion. Uh, I love it. I am much more of a basketball guy than a football guy. Maybe that maybe that is because of IU and because of years of watching the football team be awful. I don't know. But we'll be back here tomorrow to recap a basketball game. No more football talk. Uh, we'll be live as well after the game. It might be midnight. It might be 1 a.m. by the time we're live with how this game's going to go. But I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day for your second listen check out the brand new podcast locked on college basketball isaac shade 
Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe, leave the rating and review, all of that great stuff. Hope everybody has a great Wednesday. Let's go Hoosiers, and as always, you know the deal, LEO.